First of all, apologies uh, for coming late. Uh, I I came down late, so that's why uh, we are late. <laughs> yeah, billing drive as fast as is uh, legally allowed. I have this piece of paper uh, that I printed out years ago and it is the 10 10 vows and practices of uh, Samantha Bhadra Bodhisattva Pusian Sitayan or Pusian yes Pusian Sitayan 10 10 Great vows of uh, venerable, uh, not venerable, uh, Samantha Bhadra Bodhisattva. Uh, I I do notice that there's a parallel mm. yeah, between what we are laying here. This is composed. This particular commentary is composed by uh, Santideva uh, and uh, whereas. The ten vows is actually from the Avatam Saka Sutra. <coughs> yeah. So there could have been some cross pollination, yeah, because the sutra itself is from India, yeah, and then Tibetan Buddhism also is derived from whatever was in India. So I wouldn't be surprised when there are such parallels. So uh, let's see. Okay. Let me scroll down to find a page. Let's see. 
whether there's a is there a full screen mode? Because there's no full screen mode in the library office. Da, 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 da. Okay, so we are now at Chapter 3, the last section. Finished 28. Now we are at 29. Yeah. So, mm, huh? It's only <coughs> so, uh, I was doing some <coughs> read up on the on other versions of the translation. Uh, <laughs> and I found uh, another translation, so I thought I wanted to just share a view that um, when we look at uh, this this text, this text, right, um, the one that we are reading, <coughs> the Chinese version, is from Ru Shi Fa Si. So there's another one which is found inside the C Beta. It is a commentary uh, of. It is a sub-commentary of the commentary, but it's all in Chinese. So I didn't want to print out everything for you all. I just pasted some of it here as a flavor for you to take a look. Yeah, so... Okay, my laptop is a bit crazy. Oh, Ooh, what's going on? <laughs> okay, so 28 is done, right? Yes. So today we are starting on 29. So the text that we have, 灭死圣甘露,祭此菩提心,除贫无尽藏,祭此菩提心. So, um, in, the, uh, in the alternative <coughs> translation that I found, there are actually quite a few translations. Yeah, but I saw this and I thought, uh, the translation reads a bit differently, but the meaning is actually the same. Yeah. So the alternative is, Then we so uh, uh, this Archita should be the one below. Uh, so the the way the, the translator adopts, yeah, you notice that the number of characters is different, but the the essence of the meaning is the same. Yeah. yeah so different translators when they do the translation, they may <coughs> adopt <coughs> it in slightly different approach. Yeah. So when I was reading the the one that I found today, that reminds me of the 
some of other ch- chanting that we have done before. Yeah, so this is the qi ju qi ju. Yeah, the qi ju qi ju. Yeah, so when it's seven verse, seven characters, seven characters. Uh, over here, you, see, you can count. This is four, and this is three. So this is four, and this is three also. Yeah, so as a certain rhythm to it. Yeah. So in some of the um, some of the puja that is composed, uh, it is actually inspired by sutras or commentaries. Then the way they compose it, it, it matches into this seven verse, uh, seven character, seven character, or sometimes seven five. And there's a certain format to it, yeah. And that's why our text can can usually be chanted in a certain sequence, yeah, yeah because they follow that structure. So whereas for this one, um, for this one, the, the 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 translation is done much later, much more recent, yeah. So it was meant just as a textual translation. So there was lesser consideration, perhaps. For it to be used as a chanting text, yeah. Uh, but besides that, if you look at the two, right? Um, while the meaning are essentially the same, uh, but sometimes when you look at it, um, the for me myself, I would prefer the one that I've just found. Yeah. So it it directly give you it, it there's a few more characters there yeah then then it becomes to me much clearer yeah whereas the first one is a bit more terse yeah but it also conveys the same thing also conveys the same thing so why is this yeah so um, what is this word kanlu um, oftentimes translated as ambrosia. Ambrosia. So, like a nectar from the heaven. Yeah. Kanlu uh, is literally the food of the gods. Um, so, for some, they may wonder, huh? how come in Buddhism we suddenly talk about God? Yeah. Uh, but, so in in the in in Buddhism, that uh, we talk about the six different realms. Then one of the realm is heavenly beings. Yeah. So uh, kanlu has a few meaning. One of the meaning is it refers to the food that the lower heavenly realms feed on. Yeah. So heavenly realms is split into sensual desire, form and formless. Those in the sensual desire realm, they will still subsist on solid food. Whereas the higher realms, um, they, they is usually described that they don't subsist on this kind of coarse food anymore. Yeah? Huh? Oh, I'm asking her. So they would subsist on, based on the, the rapture and joy, the different uh, qualities that emanate yeah, from their uh, from their cultivation. Yeah. So they don't have no seafood. Huh? No seafood. Or <laughs> <laughs> well, heavenly beings also don't have seafood. They don't need seafood. 
I remember you were saying that uh, uh, don't go for the uh, yes. sorry, sharing plastic. Uh-huh. I, I was involved in an excursion that brought me to a seafood restaurant. Oh, wow. And because uh, it was my farewell, so my colleague insisted that I choose which creature to kill for the incident. really difficult. Wow. So somehow I got out of it and then they decided. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you didn't like, oh, wait a minute. I think the, this was not power on. I wonder. Okay, have to power it on. So, <coughs> so still have to eat. So if you didn't eat, what will happen? I mean, they brought me there. Uh, such a kind gesture for my farewell and so for other colleagues' farewell as well. Uh, oh yeah, because, oh, because there are other colleagues. Uh. Yeah. So then let other colleagues choose. Uh. Yeah, so in the end, I... I then it, yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but I pretend to take pictures and then I... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I take the picture of the fish. Uh. Yes. Oh, then... I'm just taking picture. I'm not choosing you, okay? <laughs> yeah, sometimes in our day-to-day life, uh, we are faced with this predicament. Yeah, from uh, from many people's point of view, they are doing us a, a, a service. They are giving us due due honor or respect to to make all the arrangements for us. So for us to actually Simply say no. I don't. Uh, I don't eat seafood. Can be a bit of a bummer for them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For myself, when I left the company, they also threw a like a not celebration. Uh, they were not celebrating that I was leaving, but it was a farewell party nonetheless. Uh, but it was already about maybe one and a half years since I was. Uh, full-time vegetarian so uh, they have already gotten used to me being a vegetarian and for several for uh, for a while already whenever there is some buffet sometimes there's training that is conducted in-house and then they ask everybody when to help to finish the food <laughs> then when I arrived they were like hey, wait 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 check can you all just, just check you know he's here you know which is non-vegetarian then all of them will really like start to sample <laughs> How about some some of them may do it out of fun, uh, but some of them are really conscientious, you know that. Like, yeah, cannot tell. Can you just check? <laughs> yeah, I remember this very clearly. So of course, by the time I left, uh, and there was the fell uh, uh, meal, uh, they they ordered in buffet and stuff, and I remember it was basically vegetarian. Yeah, finger food lah. Uh, and basically vegetarian, so it was still okay. Yeah, but in most cases, um, sometimes it can be tricky. Yeah, but I'm, uh, I was going to say that I'm glad you decided not to choose. Uh, but I realized that, you know, if we don't choose, and then we pass some to somebody else to choose, yeah. 
啊，什么？八十八佛不是有说叫他叫他做，坚、yeah. 持、yeah. 若若叫他做，坚<笑>持随喜，勿坚持若执着。Yeah, that's the the repentance Buddha, eighty-eight Buddhas repentant Buddha. Yeah. Ah,、uh, so so how? <coughs> mm. But I think the intent is important. Uh, not that you wanted him to get in trouble.、Uh, they were going to order anyway. Yeah, you just make stood your stand to to say that <coughs> you're not going to partake in this decision making process. Yeah.、Uh, yeah. In when it comes to day to day cultivation, the important thing is、uh, we try our best to do what we can. Yeah. Uh, learning about the precepts or the teachings is not about incriminating ourselves and、um, how do you call that? Ah,、uh? uh, causing ourselves to start to have the kind of like self-loathing. Yeah, that oh, I'm 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 this I'm that. Yeah, but to consider the circumstances and then you know just try your best to do.、Uh, The、uh, comp- the compassionate thing, yeah.、Uh, I used to, when my uni friends we meet up once a week,、uh, they they would go to all kinds of places. When I say all kinds of places, don't let your imagination run wild. I mean like go to fusion restaurant, Western restaurant, Chinese restaurant, and so on. Yeah, there was a period of time where they would go to some that、uh, I, I may have mentioned in this class. You know the Marina South. They have the seafood buffet, yeah. Fly kite, then after that, the seafood buffet. So we would go to the seafood buffet. Yeah, I wasn't about to impose my dietary needs on them and tell them, "Hey, I'm vegetarian, you cannot eat." And sometimes they feel quite bad. They will come to the table with one big mountain of prawns, you know, and then one mountain of meat. You know, pork, and then one mountain of chicken, and then I will come with one mountain of sabihun. <laughs> <laughs> and then sometimes they will feel,、uh, they will feel a bit uneasy, like, eh, eh, paise ya, paise ya, right? But after a few of paise, then they, wow. <laughs>、uh, but I, I, I never make them feel uneasy, and I, and oftentimes I have to, I have to, but oftentimes I have to go out of my way to. Tell them, you know, it's your choice. Yeah, but I, I'm not affected. Don't worry. Even until now, some, sometimes when there are those、uh, interfaith dialogues or、uh, events conducted by PA, RCC, the ministry, and whatever,、um, they will not cater everything to be vegetarian.、Uh, once in a while, they do do that actually because then it's at the same time halal and vegetarian and everything paukaleo. Yeah. So sometimes when it's not, especially when it's a round table dinner, so some of them will look at me like, "Eh,、hey, you know, eh, paise." I will tell them, "Ah,、oh, it's okay." Yeah, because some of them will feel uneasy, like、um, if I'm a vegetarian, is it okay to sit in front of me to eat meat? You know, or a big drumstick, lah, what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's okay. I mean, it's you who is thinking. Unless you start to shove it down my throat, otherwise it's okay. But、uh, the 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 important thing is that I'm I'm glad that you are 
yeah, actually, you know, mindful, mindful of, of that. Yeah, because it's easy in the in the midst of the celebration. Hey, last day, all that. Hey, choose one, choose one. Then you just, dunk, oh, oh, yeah. But it tastes very good. <laughs> 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 oh, me, too, too. Oh wait, so well, we didn't choose, but you ate it, ah? Have to, uh. But you mean they, they, they don't have any other food there that is not from the. So it's so there's no char bihun. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to get rice also. Ah, okay. So every single dish is live item. Mm. Oh. Crab, lobster. So even the crab is alive. Lobster is alive. So they don't have like Malay Feng Guang or what? This is in Hong Kong. Oh, oh, oh Hong Kong, oh, yeah. oh Hong Kong difficult lah. Hong Kong, I, in one in one of the trip when I was over there to to like exit and then get back to to China. <laughs> went to the the the, the noodle place, then then I look through the list, then I ask, uh, you want try Then she, the person look at me. Huh? <laughs> Sing me <laughs> plain noodle, just one, and it's literally just the the ramen, white color. Then then he sh- then sh- after that she said, uh, if you want, uh, you can order this and ask. Th- I will tell them not to put any uh, like hebi or whatever inside. So it, that's why I have one plate of vegetable and then one bowl of the plain noodles. Yeah, but apparently in Hong Kong there are also a pretty decent vegetarian store also. It's just that I was, it was my first trip. No idea where to go. Not well? Six all. Six all. Most see the whole. Most things, yeah. Ah. Ah, yeah. Yeah. It, it, you notice there was a pause just now. Yeah, I was going through my data, database of all the Hong Kong C- TV series I've seen before when in primary school. And then, ah, oh, some CC. <laughs> yeah, my, my Cantonese is only that limited. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's, it's still good that uh, we, we, we are mindful and uh, bring into uh, our daily interaction. Yeah. Uh, the Dharma and the teachings. Yeah. Mm. So hope that you you have better conditions in future. Mm. Uh, yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 Yes. Um. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So very yeah. So I I understand. Yeah. So what is the purpose? Yes. So what is the purpose? So um, there are, when we when we take vegetarian food um, as a Buddhist, there are a few levels uh, involved. For one, the first most fundamental it is uh, out of compassion. For the suffering of sentient beings, we we refrain from taking uh, partaking in the meat. Yeah, uh, 
either directly or indirectly, uh, there will be some suffering involved yeah, uh, of the flesh of those animals. So, um, besides the, the intent that is rooted in compassion, uh, there is also the there's also the consequences. Yeah. So there's these two part: compassion for the suffering, and then the actual suffering itself. Yeah. So these two parts. So um, when we have vegetarian food, when a person eat vegetarian food, sometimes they are not eating out of compassion. Sometimes it's due to health. Yeah. So when the person eat uh, out of uh, health reasons, uh, they may not actively cultivate compassion, but uh, the, the side effect is that less animal die. Yeah, so they still do some, something good. Yeah? Um, unconsciously, in a way, indirectly do something good. So similarly, for a person when they eat vegetarian food that has mock meat, uh, you know, I've, I've taken one before, Tung Nan Si Pei, Last time it was in Katong. The chicken rice, when it came out, what young? That is the layer of, of the skin, and then the fat, and then the flesh, and. No bones. Yeah, and then. No bones. <laughs> I was like, for like the first few times I go there, I was a bit like, hey, is this. Are you sure this is. <laughs> then after, of course it's vegetarian, you know. Yeah, but it, the, it, it is true that they have the, the, the technology <laughs> involved and to a large extent, the effort, the resources to make it so lifelike. So it begets the question, why go through all this trouble if you are trying to cultivate compassion? Yeah, isn't it? So unfortunately, for, for many people, they may not be ready to do it out of compassion. Yeah, uh, and even for someone who is doing out of compassion, compassion is for most people. Uh, compassion is not a zero and hundred percent game. It is not that yesterday they were zero compassion. They hear one dharma talk by Sufu, then suddenly hundred percent compassion, and then from then on, wow! They see insects, they see animals, they see the people around them. Wow! Ah, mother sentient being. No, no, it doesn't happen this way. It increases bit by bit. So, at some point, if they can be encouraged to, to let's say, uh, even not, not even going full vegetarian, but if they can try out the vegetarian food, um, it may help them to find that kind of vegetarian food, the mock meat vegetarian food, as an alternative to the, the real... Uh, real non-vegetarian food, which is which involves the killing. Yeah. So this is one level. Yeah. So it helps them to bridge over. So there's another category of people. So this category eventually they may uh, be more am- amiable to uh, cultivation of compassion indirectly. Then there are those who uh, maybe ready to do it out of compassion. But they have the fear or the mindset, it must take me. Because vegetable is not so nutritious. 
So, and then, especially if you happen to have, have you ever eaten vegetarian food that is cooked by some people who, who is like organic la, then healthy la, and then like uh, no salt, no sugar, no, you know, and then they steam it and then they serve it to you without oil, without like then they tell you, very healthy one, you know, this one is raw vegetable and then. If they steam it, it's good. Uh, at, at least they don't give you raw. <laughs> uh, there was a devotee who, who shared with me about this after an eight precepts retreat. So her point was, she first started off asking me uh, why her children, you know, that her children are not not uh, liking vegetarian food. So she has to cut meat. Is that okay? Eventually, it came to her her choice of cooking vegetarian food, and so when she described the way she cooked, it was basically what I just said: steamed or boiled, without salt, without oil, without flavoring, without sauce, nothing whatsoever. So you have Thai sim is it's like the Thai sim in the in the you know what wonton mee, except that you don't put it into the thing with sauce, no? <laughs> so can you imagine they just give you the Thai sim without anything? So I look at her, and when she told me, she was like quite happy and proud of her achievement, you know, and was like seeking an affirmation from me. So I look at her and told her, I said, <laughs> I mean, honestly, if anybody offered me I, I, I've actually received offering that's similar to that before. Yeah, the, the devotee wow, gave me a very healthy meal. Steamed, uh, I think it's brown rice. Then uh, one layer of raw vegetable, another layer of uh, pumpkin, just steamed. So no, really no flavor. No. Then after that, I look at it. I must first say, uh, it sounds very bad when I describe it. I think it looks very bad on me. But I'm still telling you, um, because uh, honestly, I I was very grateful that anyone would go out of the trouble to prepare food for me, much less go through all the trouble to make it healthy, you know. But I asked her, asked the donor this simple question: Do you usually eat this? Then she said, No, 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 no. So how are you going to eat later? Well, I go down stairs and eat chai kway tiao. So I asked, like, why don't you eat this? Then she said, no, la, this one is for you. I, I, we eat the one that's very unhealthy. <laughs> so I'm like, to me, this is the problem. No? If a person eat this on a regular basis and you offer me what you eat, I, I'm very grateful because this is really in that person's mind the best thing. But if you offer me what you claim to be best but you yourself also don't eat, then it's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I wasn't interested in chakwe dao as well. Don't, don't, don't get me wrong. I, I know, I know. <laughs> I, I don't mind vegetarian chakwe dao. <laughs> so, you see, for sifu, I'm, I'm okay with very simple food. In fact, sometimes when I cook myself, um, there, are, there are a lot of devotees who got me all kinds of sauces. There's one shelf 
two, two, three shelves of sauces, different kind of sauces, combination. I haven't touched them yet because I usually, when I cook, I usually just put some oil, heat it up. Then if I have mushroom, I'll throw in the mushroom first, goring a bit, throw in the vegetables. About bef- Just before it's done, sprinkle some salt, stir fry a bit more, cover. Okay, I'll, it's, I, I think it's very nice. But it's not bland. So I, I, I rarely put any sauce. Even soy sauce I don't put. I just put a bit of salt and pepper. Yeah, but for even for me, uh, this is the minimum. <laughs> so um, my point is, for many people, especially for young people, or let's, let's ignore the fact that young people, it's as though young people is a different tribe, you know. I think even uh, non-young people, yeah, I think nobody who was not a vegetarian, you suddenly say, okay, either char siu peng, or you eat raw vegetable or steamed vegetable. You think anybody in the right frame of mind, if they have a choice, they will choose the steamed vegetables? Most will not choose that. Unless you really have that kind of strong uh, fervor, uh, you know, about the Bodhisattva path. Yeah. And, and even then, you would go and look for vegetarian store, they have a, a lot of very nice dishes, right? You know? Yeah. So, for most people to even start, they have all this consideration the taste, la, the nutrition value, and so on and so forth. Yeah. So, um, all, all this mock meat and stuff actually didn't come from Buddhism. Didn't come from monks. We didn't do it. Yeah. Uh, we, I'm, I'm not trying to push the blame away, but the fact is that, first of all, we didn't do it. So, who did it? There's this group that is uh, called Ikuan Tao. Uh, in the, I think, 80s, they started coming over to Singapore. I think they came, maybe, went over to Malaysia first or something. But a very interesting feature about Ikuan Tao is they insist that all members must be vegetarian. Uh, but for them, they can eat eggs. Chinese vegetarian usually is like two ways about eggs. For myself, I, I'm like, well, if you if you happen to have eggs inside, I'll eat it. Yeah, I will, but I will not go out, go my way out to have a egg party, la. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, for them, they are the one who really push for vegetarian meal. But initially in the eighties, it was just cha bihun with the with the rujiang. Yeah, and then all the supposed very nice crispy piece, crispy crispy stuff, and then a very strong impression is when you order right, that's a standard formula. You cannot ask them not to put the rujiang. So there was once I asked, "Auntie, put that. Very good, very good, very good." And this has evolved a lot. Yeah. So over time, they even came out. They started to come out with all the mock this, mock that. Yeah. Uh, the bottom line is. This is part of an effort from them, uh, and we are a, in a way collateral beneficiary, yeah. Because the truth is, most people, um, there, there are many people when they look at the vegetarian dishes with the, all the variety, they find, hey, actually, vegetarian food can be quite interesting also, yeah. But if you ask me, uh, I'm neither for mock meat nor against mock meat, yeah. My attitude is, 
as long as it's vegetarian, whatever you order from me, I'm okay. Yeah. Oh. Uh, so as far as the mock meat is concerned, that's more or less how it started. Uh, there are some, I've heard some variables highlighted before that at the end of the day, it is about dollar and cents. When they have all, the, all those shops <coughs> uh, to drive demand, yeah, so they come up with all these things for to create, you know, the the psychology of of choices. Yeah, otherwise, how many vegetables can you have? You know, tau ge la, tau hu la, cai sim la, gan la, ying cai la. You know, five. Then chang dou la, duan dou la, dian dou la, chou dou la. Okay, nine, huh? <laughs> I don't know. Tian dou la. You know. Yeah, but. Then after that, you throw a bit, throw in a bell of things, mix it up. Eh? Wow! Now there's twenty over dishes. Yeah. Oh. So, uh, yeah. But I've I've met individuals, uh, Buddhists or non-Buddhists alike, who are against not meat, who feel that, who who raise the the point that you just mentioned earlier that, and some even use the word hypocrisy. They say there's hypocrisy here. You talk about compassion, but then you make all the food into, you know, like the, the structure, the taste even, of flesh. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, there are those who feel that it's hypocrisy. So, my reply to them is, okay, then you don't choose that. Lah. You choo- it's for those who are, hi- who in your mind, is who, who, who are hypocrites. But at least then, that's a way for them to get started. For you, who is not a hypocrite, you, you make sure you choose vegetable. Lah. Uh, but the problem is that a lot of them are not vegetarian to begin with. <laughs> so, so to me, that's a real hypocrite. Yeah. If a person is a full vegetarian and they are vegan, yeah, then and then they look at them and say that's hypocritic, yeah, or hypocrisy. Then at least that person have some grounds for saying it. But many people who say that they themselves are not even vegetarian to me. <laughs> oh. mm. So. Okay, back to this. Uh. So, this kanlu. <coughs> so, just on the first meaning is ambrosia. Uh, and the, the meaning is that it is the food of the heavenly beings. But in the Buddhist text, there's a lot of mention about ambrosia. But it's not literary, literally referring to the food of the heavenly beings. So, there's something about the food of the heavenly beings that is very different from the food that we take. Yeah? In the text, it says that the food that we take um, actually uh, has its side effect. Uh, the most common side effect that we know is that we have to eat and drink, then we have to shit and pee. Yeah,吃喝拉撒,吃喝拉撒,吃喝拉撒 <laughs> uh, is basically that. Yeah. So no such thing as you eat, then don't have to shit. Yeah. So. Uh, this is one of the features. Heavenly food, you eat it, don't have to shit. Drink, 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 don't have to pee. Uh, it's 100% absorbed. <laughs> and the description is that, so it's 100% nutrient. Yeah? It doesn't uh, become, it doesn't require you to spend more energy to win, you know, process it. Uh, so for them, it is said that after eating, they don't have our problem of feeling lethargic. Yeah, then it actually lengthened their, their their lifespan. Whereas for our worldly food, uh, some food can maintain our life, 
some food actually cause degeneration. Yeah, so all these different qualities. So based on that, then the parallel is, ah, there are teachings that can benefit us and there are teachings that cannot benefit us. Yeah, uh, the, the Dharma itself. Yeah, the Dharma itself can benefit us just like, can nourish our spiritual life just like the ambrosia that can nourish the heavenly beings without any side effect, any problem. Yeah. So here, then is a very specific application of this ambrosia where it says, ganlu. Yeah. So this, this su sen, this sen ganlu. Um, this sen can be translated as uh, supreme or this uh, superior ambrosia. Yeah. Uh, that can quell death. Mm, that can quell death. And what is it? Bodhicitta mm. is in this case described as the superior embracer yeah? that can overcome death. Mm. And by now it's, it should be quite clear, right? Why? Because Bodhicitta is the intent to work towards enlightenment. And not just for your own enlightenment. Uh, but to attain enlightenment so that you can help enlighten other beings, help other beings become enlightened. And that's why in this way it's described as the superior ambrosia, yeah, that can overcome death. Mm. So uh, this is the first verse. Chu ping wu jing zhang ji chi pu ti xing Again, here, the, this uh, bodhicitta is further described not just an embrace, not just a superior embrace, but an unlimited treasure house. Yeah, so, uh, what can remove poverty? Hmm. What can remove poverty? This, uh, this uh, bodhicitta. Yeah. Here, Bodhicitta is described like a treasure house yeah, or a treasure store. Like a, uh, imagine if you, are, if you open up a, a treasure chest, uh, how much things can you take out? Uh, it depends on the capacity of the box, isn't it? What if you open up the box and you can keep on taking things out endlessly? What? <laughs> One more thing. <laughs> One more thing. Uh, so this bodhicitta is described in this way. Why? Because when a person has evoked bodhicitta, then you are you 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 have no attachment to anything in this world. Yeah. Whatever you have, you are ready to give. So you are ready to help remove poverty. And when you do that, you have even more. Uh, uh, merits and through the merits you have even more things but still you are not attached to it and with all the things that you have acquired again you give so it becomes unlimited in that, in that sense yeah. so if you take it in a way literally that here the poverty if the poverty here um, is referring to like literally the wealth and poverty uh, then in that way it can actually remove the, the suffering of poverty 
study the one that you all have there's some misalignment uh, of the Chinese text and the and the uh, sequence so verse 30 Liao Ji Zui Shen Yao Yi Sing so the next one is to describe the Bodhicitta as what as the most superior medicine that is capable of removing uh, illnesses. So, of course, uh, in terms of whether, whether in terms of uh, uh, this poverty or this illnesses, the Buddha has ever described himself as a, a great doctor. Mm. Yeah, the great doctor. And he described sentient beings as patients, yeah, suffer, uh, suffering from the ill of uh, defilements, yeah, suffering from the ills of defilements. Yeah. So, uh, Bodhicitta is here described as the most superior medicine. Yes and no, in a way, um, we we still do, but we draw inspiration from the masters and the Buddha himself in the past. Um, as to whether uh, teachings are given in prose, half the half the trouble is um, if if I were to now speak in prose, yeah, let's say in Chinese uh, in prose, I think I will lose most of the audience, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so it is not common uh, for for people to speak in prose nowadays. Yeah, so that's why it's not so common. Uh, but as to using um, analogies, <coughs> um, well, I do use analogy, uh, but some sometimes it depends on the purpose. Yeah, like I use laksa to to. As a as an analogy, uh, in the teaching of Heart Sutra, uh, uh, so in this case, it's not a very far-fetched analogy, because the aim is to let people see how uh, direct the, the 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 principle of the truth is. Yeah, 
if if I would if we were to use something that is very outlandish, uh, then it may further uh, cement the concept that oh, uh, Whereas in some of these, here we are we happen to be looking into the, those uh, verses that is describing the qualities of bodhicitta, yeah, how supreme it is. That's why the description is always such. Yeah. Um, in the suttas, there are some other description where there are analogies, uh, but not so, you know, appear to be so stretched. Mm. But although it appears to be so far off and outlandish and stretched, it is meant to to indicate that it is that that um, different from our worldly experience. Yeah, that bodhicitta is. So, <coughs> uh, is this who or is this who or poor? Huh? Can someone check for me? Because earlier I checked, and then it huh? Who right? Dictionary. Because I checked, and then I first I thought it's poor, then after that, yeah, it's full, right? Huh? Poor. Okay, how come? Is it? I double check on some of these words and then after that huh? huh? poor 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 Oh, how come earlier when I check the meaning is is uh, the order the pronunciation is different mm. okay so there's two pronunciation poor uh, and poor and poor okay so here here should be okay bi wei bo shi tu zhong shen xiu ai ya la i think i copy and paste and then cut away that character see gao kin
，呀，三点写一个白，啊，不好。这个是这个是什么？去，等一下，啊，气气哈，气，嗯气，比为波士图。众生修气术， yeah, so this this is again referring to the Buddhicitta,、uh, but here the analogy is sentient beings drifting around <coughs>、uh, in samsara, and then、uh, to give them rest, yeah,、uh, rest like having a tree and then just resting down there, yeah,、uh, giving rest. To our endless wandering, yeah, endless wandering, wandering through where? Wandering through samsara, yeah, wandering through samsara.、Mm. So this is the part where I found it very interesting.、Um, the version that we have currently. Uh, the next verse, ah, 复是出苦桥，度众离恶趣，彼是除恼热，清凉心明月。Yeah, so this is the verse. So I found another the version that I found today actually have, ah,、uh, I think it has another line in between. Yeah, so so some some translations. The number of verses are、uh, don't seems to match up, yeah, but we're going to stick to the, the one that we have here. Oh, 复是出苦桥 So in the other translation, it's not 苦桥 it's 苦凉 Yeah. So the 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 different translators choose different words. Ah.、Uh. Hmm. So the important thing here is 度众离恶趣度度众离恶趣 ，so what is 恶趣 ？so 呃、uh, ，usually when we say 恶趣 ，it refers to the three lower realms， yeah， 哦、uh, ，this 趣，呃 ，we usually encounter this word， which is the phrase 兴趣哈，啊趣 ，so 趣 actually In this context, is qi ru. That means you are inclined towards, you have affinity towards. Yeah. So,、um, in the description description of samsara, it is usually in the context of this. Hang on, ah,、uh, let me open up another text. So this this er qi right? Ah,、uh, this one. Okay. Is usually used in the context of wu、uh, qi. Wu qi,、mm. yeah. So the wu qi is usually translated as the five destination.、Mm. 
So what are the five destinations? It is basically the six uh, realms uh, where the Asura realm is not um, delineated. So you have heavenly, heaven, human as the um, upper realm, upper destination, upper or uh, pleasant destination, wholesome destination, sanchi. Then the three lower or the three unwholesome destination. <coughs> then that is the Di Yu Ergui Chu Shen Hell Hungry Ghost and Animals. Painful Unwholesome Destinations. Mm. Yeah. So the five destinations is basically this. Uh, then, uh, what about the asuras? In the six realms, there is asura. So where are the asuras? The asuras are split between heavenly and animals. Heavenly realm and animal realm. Mm. Yeah. And this is how it's split. Mm. And the humans in the middle between them. Uh, human is considered in the upper realm. Yeah. As compared to the three lower realms, we are considered the the two upper realms. Yeah. yeah. But then the asura you say that it's between mm. is the heaven, then the asura, the human, so the animal. Yeah. So you see asuras are in the earlier text, in some of the earlier texts, it is not separately mentioned. Uh, so, uh, in the in some of the sutras, then there's only mention about these five destinations. So, some of the later texts then have the formal introduction of the term six realms, mm, where asura is given a, a class on its own. Yeah, class on its own. So, uh, asuras in a way are the uh, in a in a way it's like heavenly beings. Uh. They have the merits of heavenly beings, but they don't have the heart of heavenly being. So, uh, in the Buddhist cosmology, then there are some sutras that describe how. Uh, king, the, the the heavenly king Saka, have have battle with the Ashura king, yeah, and they actually fight. But that's the lower level heavenly beings. Um, the important thing is the description of the Ashura, which is where they are prone to anger and jealousy. So some say some some third party who are non-Buddhist. They look at this description and they say, actually, um, there are those uh, who are not Buddhists who actually worship the Asura. <laughs> so, so from their point of view, the Devas are the bad ones. 
Asura are the good ones. Yeah. But in the Buddhist cosmology the, the devas are not not the Asuras are definitely bad, yeah, but the Asuras are often attributed with the qualities of being um, uh, spiteful, uh, jealous, you know, prone to anger and so on. Yeah. Uh, there are also descriptions about how as a human being, yeah, you can have the nature of an Asura. Yeah. You can also have a nature of heavenly beings. You can have a nature of hungry ghosts or hell beings or animal realms. Yeah. Or you can be a decent person and then have a nature of a human being. And if you continue to act in a decent way, then you're cultivating the seeds of future existence as a human. If you start acting in a way that is more prone towards other realms, yeah, uh, then <laughs> sooner or later those seeds will ripen, and then in the next life, boom, you will go into another realm. Yeah. So this is the five <coughs> destination. Oh, <coughs> so here, Fu Shi Chu Ku Chiao Du Zhong Li Chi. So here, Bodhicitta is described as the as the means to uh, be free of the the uh, painful destination, yeah, the unwholesome destination, namely the three lower realms, hell exist, hellish existence, the hungry ghost existence, and the uh, animal realm existence. Mm. So, in Singapore, uh, such, such description may not make sense. Uh. <laughs> uh, but in India, you can imagine, after a whole day of hot sun, then when evening, when you see the moon, it is usually very cool already. Yeah? Mm. It's usually very cool. Yeah. So, for for the Indians when they see this verse, not in Chinese, uh, they see it in their own language. Well, then they go, ah, yeah, yes, they can appreciate ah, Buddhist like the uh, like the moon. But actually, in a way, it is a metaphor uh, that the moment you see the moon, you will be very cool. Yeah, uh, that you will be very cool. Yeah. So the moment Buddhist arise then you'll be very cool. Yeah, but in this case, how is it very cool? Because when you have Buddhicitta arise, then the defilements, yeah, yeah. so this is really a, uh, the very uh, contextual metaphor. Yeah. In Singapore, if you're hot, what happened? You turn on aircon. Yeah. In India, last time, 2,500-600 years ago, no aircon. Yeah. So what happened? Uh, heat and fire is sometimes described, is used to describe uh, defilements and suffering. Yeah. So it's, a, it's very visceral. Yeah. If, you, if now we have this class in, uh, in India, or we turn off aircon next time, yeah, uh, then you all can feel the suffering very directly. <laughs> mm. So if if uh, is if this uh, Bodhisattva or Venerable Santideva 
if he were to be born in Singapore now and he write these verses, then it would be Pi Su Chu then Singaporeans will understand, ah oh, okay. Wow, Buddhista is good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then Fu Su uh Fu Su uh Chu Ku Chao so a lot of the not a lot uh, basically when we look at all the metaphor there's the metaphor itself that we have to understand and also the context yeah, that is applicable to uh, the time yeah, in India in the past. Oh. <coughs> mm. So, uh, this part talking about Mingyue, yeah, the brilliant moon, then the next part talking about the sun. And somehow, oh no, oh, okay, it looks like it is not my fault. Huh? Looks like it is not that I copy and paste the thing. It is actually because I have okay. Basically, all the characters that disappeared, I added in the honey pinging. But in that is on my main machine. This machine I have not installed the honey pinging, so it disappeared. <laughs> so, so it just disappeared. And so I was like, yeah, come on, all the words disappeared. Uh, hang on, uh, let me copy and paste over. Uh, it's not. Uh, I mentioned earlier that the order of the verses is a bit off. Yeah, I have updated on on my on my version here. Is the aircon too cold? Huh? Is it cold? Okay. Okay, huh? Mm. Fu Su Chan, uh, Chui Chan, Chui Chan, Yeah, so this, this Mai is like a dust storm. Yeah, so Fu Su Chui Chan Ri. Mm. So the very, very uh, strong sun, yeah. With a strong sun, then even though there's a bit of that, it can dispel it. It will not be dark. Yeah. Otherwise, it, if it, if there's cloud, then plus the dust storm, then you'll be <laughs> miserable. Huh? So this part is not just these two lines, right? It's not just a metaphor. Yeah. It's actually not meant to be just a metaphor. So the first one earlier, yeah, this part here about the moon, then this part here about the sun, okay. So the the part about the moon, on the metaphorical level, or oh, then you can imagine, wow, you can remove defilements. But so here removing defilements, right? 
is referring to fanaozang. Uh, Hang on, uh, let me write down for you. So there are the two kind of obstacles. Two obstacles. So one is the obstacle of defilements. So fanaozang. Mm. Then the next one is mm, what is it? So obstacle of Swazizang uh, the knowables. To obstacle to the knowable. Mm. So this I have actually explained before. Can you all remember the meaning? Fan Zhang is very direct, yeah. When you have defilements, then it can impede us from cultivate, cultivating uh, the wholesome Dharma. Uh, it can even impede our understanding so it is an obstacle whether it is to be reborn in the higher realms or cultivation towards enlightenment yeah defilement serve as an obstacle next one obstacle to the knowable so can you remember I think I've mentioned before in this class what is so <laughs> yeah, so Suozizang, the Suozi refers to uh, actually everything. Mm. How is this so? So, see, so this Suozi is referring to that which the mind can comprehend or the mind can, uh, uh, what do you call that, Yuan, uh, pay attention to. Yeah, that the mind can be aware of can be conscious of anything that the mind can perceive yeah uh, hence the word knowable I'm using knowable based on other uh, known translation okay whatever that your, your mind can know uh, that is included in suozi okay so what is the limit no limit everything can be encompassed by the mind mm. so this suozi zhang uh, it is about how um, the first one, Fan for unenlightened beings, this is an obstacle. Defilements is as an obstacle for us. For enlightened beings, it is not an obstacle for them because they are not they don't have defilements anymore. So Suozizang in this case, uh, of course for us we don't have to talk about it. Uh. Because we haven't solved the first one. So for sure we have the second one. But for the second one, this obstacle is an obstacle to 二乘人, 
Yeah, those who are arahants and those who are uh, Pachika Buddhas. Mm. So for them, uh, they don't have the first obstacle, so they are free of suffering, but they still have the second obstacle. Why is the obstacle? Uh, obstacle to the knowing of the true uh, nature of all things, uh, but this this not knowing does not lead to suffering. Mm. And it's not uh, tainted or defilement. Yeah, so there's a special name to it. Uran Uming. Uran Uming. Meaning undefiled uh, ignorance. So usually when we talk about ignorance, it's the ignorance of how things are. Right? In fact, there are a lot of different kinds of ignorance. Ma, right? Do you know how this computer works? You all don't know. That is ignorance. But that ignorance has nothing to do with, in a way, has nothing to do with samsara. Okay. Correct? Yeah. So oftentimes, when we talk about ignorance, we tend to think about, oh, there's only one kind of ignorance. Yeah. But whenever the Buddha's teaching talk about ignorance, it's very specific talking about the ignorance of how things are that lead to our craving and attachment lead to arising of defilements. Okay, so here for the second level, there's also ignorance. Mm. So this is something that is a bit, uh, right? Because this one seems to be in loggerhead with the classical teaching. Uh. Classical teaching arahants no more ignorance. Now suddenly it says, oh no, arahants still have ignorance. Uh, but in fact, if you look at the Pali Canon. There are many accounts where the arahants uh, in the in conversation with the Buddha, there's a clear distinction be, between what the arahant is is able to know versus what the Buddha is able to know. Yeah, take for example the case where uh, in some cases where the Buddha, the Buddha and the arahants, the arahants do not allow certain individual to ordain. Yeah, but the Buddha is able to to look at the person's past life and identify one past life that is very, very long ago, many, many kapas ago. And based on that wholesome merit, this person can ordain and actually attain arahanhood. But then the, the arahans who were present, they were not able to see that far. Yeah, They were not able to trace back all the way there. Beyond that, the Buddha himself declared that there are certain qualities that the Buddha have that the Arahants do not have. Yeah. So one of the key things that is highlighted, as I mentioned before, in one of the commentary, is um, the knowledge of the Alaya consciousness. Mm. So this Alaya consciousness is related to all things. In the Mahana Sangraha, yeah, this is a recap, uh, so... For those of you who missed the class, this is a recap. Mahayana Sangraha. Oops, sorry. So inside the first chapter is 所之一 
support for the knowable. <coughs> so, knowable is referring to all things that the mind can know, which is basically all things. Then, support for the knowable is referring to the alaya consciousness. Why? Because all things actually depends on the alaya consciousness to arise. So in the in this particular text, there is this gata, these verses, yeah, which I often uh, recite to, to in classes. Uh,无时时来界，一切法等一，由此有诸趣，能呃即一涅盘证的。嗯，so无时时来界， since beginningless time, yeah,呃，一切法等一，all yeah, all Phenomena equally depend on yeah, depend on something. Because of this that all things depend on, then there is all the various destination. Uh, this chi. Uh, so in that verse they don't say uh, Zhu chi, all the various destination. Yeah, that means this is the worldly part. All the worldly destination depends on other consciousness. Not just that, but also enlightenment. It's because there's alaya consciousness that, that this is enlightenment is also possible. Yeah. So, uh, so this suozi is defined in this way. Mm. It's actually defi- defining all things. Yeah. So the then in the in this first chapter it talk about uh, this suozi zhang mm. that the two categories of enlightened beings, uh, they still have this obstacle. Eh? Are we ending at 9 o'clock or 9.30? Uh, I just find it very interesting. Oh, okay. I'm so sorry. Oh, so sorry. I, 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 of course, I... <laughs> I, I I'm looking at your... Oh, it's okay. You can, you can look. You can look. <laughs> so, Suo Zhi Zhang yeah, is talking about how um, the two categories that I mentioned earlier, uh, they are not aware of this part. So, in the text itself, it talks about how uh, so the, the two vehicles when the Buddha teaches the two, those disciples of the two vehicles nature uh, they, they are taught and they only know uh, one kind of yuan qi so in terms of yuan uh, qi dependent arising so for two vehicles what kind of dependent arising 12 links of dependent arising uh, that is dependent arising of suffering yeah and nibbana or nirvana yeah sense the yuan qi or yuan qi okay then so for the two vehicles they know this. Huh? 
呃，趁人，呃，趁，呃，趁者，十呃，缘起，生死，生死。缘起，涅盘，缘起，收、so, 呃这个大乘啊，赖耶。缘起，嗯。So the oh, what happened? How come so much things come up? In English, oh, oh, I think there's an error, huh? I think that I think the keyboard is going to go crazy. So if I put M, okay, now it's okay. Mahayana, or the great vehicle. Oops. <laughs> Great vehicle. Oh, oh! So this this key becomes so powerful, becomes, huh? Becomes space. Overcome the obstacles. Yeah, it has overcome. Don't know whether it has overcome obstacle or now it has obstacle. <laughs> this is the. Oh no! How do I do a capital? Escape. Eh? Something is strange, huh? Yeah. Let me try and escape. Okay. okay. Eh. Okay. Alaya. Arising. Dependent arising. Hmm. Okay. So in the Mahana Sangraha, it. I'm. I'm. I'm sort of. Uh, bringing in the text from uh, the Mahayana Sangraha, which is another commentary, just a part of it, to give you a bit more background into the two verses. Yeah, the first verse about uh, how the rising moon, the moon itself, uh, is cooling. Yeah, and it can put out the f- the the heat, the heat. Yeah, the quell the heat of uh, defilement. Yeah, so that is referring to. The teachings that uh, the the two vehicles uh, learn, yeah. So for them, then they learn about how to remove defilements. Many people then think uh, Buddhisattvas don't have to learn. No, <laughs> Buddhisattvas also learn how to do that. Have to learn how to do that. Why? Because Buddhisattvas ultimately become supposed to attain Buddhahood. 
So if you don't learn how to remove defilements, how are you supposed to help people remove defilements? And if you yourself have defilements, then how are you supposed to help sentient beings? Yeah, help halfway. Ni pusa guo jiang ha. Zi shen nan bao. So, so the distinction for the greater vehicle is the alaya dependent arising, laiye yuan qi, which is only known by the Buddhas. Yeah. So through the Buddha, then the Bodhisattvas also learn about it. Yeah. Uh, or rather, Buddhas and the higher level Bodhisattvas, they can perceive it directly. Yeah. And through their teachings, we know about it. So this is the obstacle that those of the two vehicles have. Uh, because the two vehicles, they, they don't see this. But one, one may then ask, so what if you don't know this? Yeah, so what if you don't know this? Uh, so, because this is the true, this is the, out, the, the fundamental layer of uh, or mechanism yeah, that is actually supporting all our existence. Mm. Through our karma, then we get we go through samsara. Yeah. So uh, the focus is that all things depend on the mechanism that we call alaya consciousness, which is the storage consciousness. Mm. And because of this, then if I continue, I have to bring in the whole chapter. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But basically. The, those of the two vehicles, <coughs> their knowledge is limited to only uh, removing suffering. Yeah. Uh, but the Bodhisattvas have this additional knowledge. Yeah. And because of that, they are able to uh, go around in samsara without being stuck in samsara. Uh, that's the key thing. Yes. My question here is regarding the word that we always use, enlightened. Yes. So when we say one has attained enlightenment, mm. uh, one can assume that this includes uh, attainment of the great vehicle, uh, the means to say when I say of uh, this being has enlightened, for example, mm. very loosely. Uh-huh. We can only say that minimally they have only understood or they have they have under- realized the twelve links of dependent arising. Uh-huh. But not necessarily that they have uh, achieved the alaya dependent arising. Oh yes, not necessarily. Not necessarily, okay. Yes. So you also mentioned before that in the chart you have the eight stages of Bodhisattva. Uh, ten stages. Uh, I'm sorry, the ten stages. Uh-huh. So the Arahant and the Prajika Buddha correspond to the seventh and the eighth. Uh, no, uh, seven. Seven. Yeah. If the Prajika Buddha is correspond to the eighth stage or uh, oh, Arahant stage seven. Correct. Pachika yeah. is eight. Pachika 
Pajika uh, Buddha. So, okay, they are not. How should I, how should I put it? A stage seven uh, Bodhisattva wisdom is equivalent to the wisdom of an arahant, but an arahant is not necessarily equal to a stage seven Bodhisattva. So, uh, a Pachika Buddha, the wisdom is uh, is should be stage eight, yeah. But it's not equivalent to a stage eight Bodhisattva. Also, stage eight Bodhisattva's wisdom is superior to to Arahant, and in a way, you can say that it is equivalent to that of a, a Pachika Buddha. But it is not a two-way equivalence because um, take for example <coughs> uh, again we use the swimmer versus uh, lifeguard. Uh, a lifeguard can swim. A swimmer also can swim. So uh, the swimmer may be a very good swimmer. The lifeguard may be as good as the swimmer. Yeah. Uh, but the swimmer is not equivalent to a lifeguard. The lifeguard is equivalent to a swimmer as far as swimming is concerned, but the swimmer is not equivalent to a lifeguard because he doesn't know how to save others. Uh, because it's, it encompasses it and supersedes it. But a swimmer is not equivalent to a lifeguard. Mm, because the qualities, one is the superset, the other one is a subset of it. So similarly, uh, the Buddha is known as an arahant. Yeah. Uh, but we typically don't call arahants Buddha. Oh. Mm. Uh, but having said that, uh, let me throw in something else here. Um, scholars have 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 mentioned that uh, in the early if you look at the development of Buddhism in India in the earlier stages of uh, Indian Buddhism the distinction between Buddha and Arhat is not so great Mm. so uh, Arhats are sometimes also called Buddha Mm. sometimes called Buddha but typically just referred to as Arhat yeah Um, but uh, it is said that at the time of the schools, 18 schools, then the distinction become more uh, prominent, mm, more prominent. Uh, but as I've mentioned, even in the classical teaching in the Pali Canon, the Buddha already highlighted that there are distinction between Buddha and Arahant. For one, Arahants need the teachings of an existing Buddha to attain Arahanthood, whereas the Buddha is able to attain enlightenment without such a support. Pachika Buddha also have this ability. Pachika Buddha lack the subsequent stage 9, 10 practices yeah, that is requ- that's sufficient, yeah, or rather that's required, such that the person is able to reach out to sentient beings and teach. We have Buddha nature. Buddha nature. Yeah. So Buddha nature is the potential for enlightenment. 
but not necessarily to the point of uh, food. food. Oh, no, 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 different. Okay. Yeah. All these terms sometimes can be quite uh, confusing right? yeah. as you study. Mm. Attend more classes, then become less confusing. <laughs> yeah. So, so what if I don't have alaya uh, understanding? Understanding. Uh, for all intents and purposes, for the time being, it's okay. Yeah. But knowing, knowing, uh, because we are not covering this in detail, so um, we can say in brief that. Uh, the teaching on Allah consciousness is an affirmation that karma is in action. Yeah. But because, uh, as I mentioned in the other class on Wednesday, uh, the, the, the progression, yeah, when Yogacara school, Ayala consciousness is established in Yogacara school. So in the Yogacara school, it, um, it comes at a point in time where there is the, the wrong understanding of emptiness. Oftentimes when we hear people talk about emptiness yeah, in the Madamika school, yeah, uh, empty, empty, everything empty. Uh, then you ask, how about enlightenment? Enlightenment also empty. How about karma? Karma also empty. How about wholesomeness? Also empty. Even also empty. empty. So empty and empty is equal, right? Yes. So wholesome and also unwholesome also equal. Huh? <laughs> mm. Then from there it's very it's a slippery slope with the wrong understanding to then equate that henceforth there's no right and wrong, there's no e- evil and goodness. We can do whatever you want. Mm. So Yogachara arise at that point in time when there was this wrong view, wrong understanding. So there's a term called Er Kong. Oh, oh. Mm. Yeah, I I first heard this verse or this phrase uh Okay, I must not use the shift key. Grasping of emptiness. I first learned this phrase uh, back in about 14, 15 years ago when I first went to that monastery for the meditation retreat. So this wrong grasping of emptiness, it is that it is basically the nullification of differences. Mm. So prior to Yogacara is Madhimika, where the where Venerable Nagarjuna teach the give the teaching on emptiness. Yeah, based on the Buddha's teaching, that he ex, he uh, further elucidated the teaching on emptiness. But emptiness, the teaching on emptiness, there's two parts: dependent arising and emptiness. And emptiness doesn't mean everything disappear. 
It just means that there's no inherent nature. Uh, but as I very briefly explained earlier, the slippery slope is that then some practitioners at this point in time, they, everything, and in fact, it is not that they are stupid, no. They are really cultivators, except that their view, there's a wrong, there's an error inside. Uh. Because ultimately, uh, you're supposed to observe that uh, you're supposed to contemplate and observe and see that all phenomena is indeed empty. Yeah. Uh, but for them, then empty, then void, then since everything is equal and void, then why do I have to avoid evil? There's no evil. There's no good. But actually, it's, there's no inherent evil. There's no inherent good. Not that there's no evil and good, you know. Uh, so to counter this, Yogacara school was established and to uh, to firmly uh, cement that no, you cannot say that there's no karma. Mm. You cannot say that there's no karma. There's alaya consciousness and that's the storage of all your karmic seeds. Yeah. And then everything in this world is a projection of these imprints that you have planted. Yeah. So don't say that karma is not in action. Karma is in action. There is karma. Yogacara school arises because of this. So, <clears throat> uh, and this is where the alaya dependent arising plays a crucial role. Yeah. So for the for those who are in the two vehicle, just now we mentioned arhant and uh, pachika buddha. But if think about it, uh, these two vehicles arrive at the fusion of Arahant and Pachika Buddha. So that means you cultivate all the way and complete the whole course for these two vehicles, you still cannot directly know about Alaya by yourself. Then, of course, those who haven't reached that stage cannot know. So it is easy for those who have not reached that stage, if they learn about emptiness, to have the wrong understanding. Uh, so this school is meant to establish firmly that no, no, don't, don't get confused here. Yeah, don't get confused here. No. Whereas for those who uh, have a proper understanding of emptiness, they have no no such a problem. Okay. Mm. For more information, you all have to attend the Wednesday class. <laughs> But at Wednesday class, uh, we are we are not touching Mahana Sangaha yet. We are just uh, touching on the hundred dhammas, and then where relevant, I will bring in some verses from the Mahana Sangraha to supplement it. Oh. In, in the teaching of Hasutra on Sunday, uh-huh. uh, when you talk about Uh, no, I will be touching on uh, the 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 dependent arising nature of all things, uh, but not the alaya arising. Yeah, because uh, emptiness uh, in the Heart Sutra uh, for this series is uh, is based on the Madhyamika school. Uh, so it's talking about emptiness in. Uh, that all things has no inherent nature. Whereas Yogacara, 
Yugachara also talk about emptiness. But it's, the definition is a bit different. Uh, a bit different. <laughs> yeah, slowly, slowly. Hmm. So this second verse here, Fu Shi Chui Chan Chui Chan Ru Neng Chi Wu Zhi Mai. So this verse, uh, metaphorically, then uh, the strong sun can you know pierce through the the dust storm and you can see. So this part is talking about the second level of obstacle that can be removed. Yeah. So Bodhicitta can remove these two levels. Yeah. Just now I mentioned, many people think that, oh, Fanaozang, uh, obstacle of defilement, uh, that is what Arahans and uh, Pachika Buddha remove. Also, the, we are, are Bodhisattva path, nothing to do with me. But that is wrong. Yeah. Here it says, uh, Bodhicitta can remove first layer and second layer. Uh, second layer also. Shi ban zhen fa ru. So ban zhen fa ru. Shuo chu miao ti hu. So this, this is again a metaphor that for Singaporeans, uh, you may wonder, gong si mi ha. So shi ban zhen fa ru. So the ru means like uh, the yogurt huh? or like uh, the the milk product, dairy product. Yeah. Then what kind of dairy product? This is a metaphor. Huh? Describing the Dharma as like like that. And again for Singaporeans it's like why do you do you use dairy products to describe this? Uh, but for Indians last time Dairy products is a superior form of food. It's considered a fine food. Mm. Yeah, considered a fine food. Uh, in fact, this uh, a lot of dairy products appear in our precepts. Yeah, one of them is that if you are not sick, you are not to request for dairy products. Yeah, because it's con- that some dairy products are considered like medicine, because it's very rich in nutrition. Yeah. Uh, and granted, today, if you if you look at dairy products, it may not be the same quality as in the past. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Nowadays, dairy products have what antibiotics, la, growth hormone, la, whatever inside. Uh. So, so this tifu is a type of dairy product. Mm. It is like the curd, the the yogurt kind of thing. Yeah. So. This is something that is very Indian, yeah. Because all Indian family they will they will churn, yeah. So this pan is to churn, you know, churn the milk, churn, 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 churn. Then you you can extract the the ghee or the 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 curd and all those things. Wow, which is the essence of the milk, yeah. So whenever we drink, um, if you look at some documentaries on YouTube. Then they will actually explain to you the whole modern manufacturing pro- process. The normal milk that we drink actually have the fat and have the cream extracted. So after extraction, nothing much left with you. Uh, then they put in calcium. <laughs> then they put in a bit of this, a bit of that. Then they tell you this is uh, fresh milk, 
uh, this superior. Uh, then if they want to have skim milk or, or low-fat milk, then they remove some more, <laughs> give you more water. Then okay. <laughs> so <laughs> then what do they do with the things that they remove? Uh, they remove that, the full cream milk part, right? They remove that. Then they have other products like cheese and all those things. So originally, if you just have milk, you take everything. <laughs> Now we have to pay more to have the whole milk. So, 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 here it is again describing through the bodhicitta. Yeah, through bodhicitta, then uh, Dharma, everybody exposed to Dharma. But with bodhicitta, then you can extract the essence. I can extract the accents. <coughs> okay. So, so yes. Is the spirit of compassion, right? Yeah. Yes. Great compassion. We really have to develop some powerful, almighty type of compassion in our friend. Yes. Uh, okay, I should be forthcoming also. Uh, I cannot tell a lie just to con you into having bodhicitta. <laughs> to overcome the first obstacle, you don't need bodhicitta. It's not a prerequisite. You don't need bodhicitta to overcome the first obstacle. You just, in the, when we say you don't need bodhicitta, it means that you don't need to aspire to become Buddha to remove defilements. You just have to work on your defilements, focus on it, learn the Travaka teachings, boom, you can attain arahanthood. Of course, not just like that, boom, oh, take a while. <laughs> then, uh, but for the second one, it is not that. You, oh, you just have the intent of bodhicitta, then you can overcome it also. But through the intent, uh, then there is, you know, again, remember the two types uh, in practice. Then the in practice includes a whole range of different practices yeah, that will enable you to cultivate to the point where you can actually overcome the second layer. Mm. <laughs> huh? Here, now these are two layers. So the two layers are the. So okay, let me put a one. Oops. Oh oh oh. Okay, one and two. Hmm. Huh? Obstacle of defilements and obstacle of the knowable to the knowable. Huh? No, inherent <coughs> no inherent nature is what? Oh, I was explaining the development of Yukachara teaching. Yeah. So, uh, with reference to the Madhamika school, when they teach emptiness, then they, the emptiness is actually about how there is no inherent nature in all <coughs> things. 
uh, you are coming for Sunday Art Sutra, right? <laughs> no, uh, come lah, then you will hear the explanation. Then <laughs> 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 I let you get crashed, no problem, come. You are a long time student. Okay? Sunday, huh? Sunday morning at the Buddhist Union, 9, 30, 9, 9 o'clock. I'm trying to shift it to 9.30 or 10 o'clock. <laughs> Uh, but there are some students who, who have other appointments. Maybe I'll ask them to go to Singapore Buddhist Federation on Friday. Because I'm also having hard to try on Friday. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. She attend. Yes. She's, she's attending that. Yeah. So, quite, you have two choices Sunday morning or Friday evening. Uh, okay? Can I? Okay, put our palms together. Yen